Welcome to OsteoCast, where we talk all things osteopathy, functional anatomy, and movement. With your hosts, myself, Colby Brokel, Amanda Boysen, and Sarah Pucal. Welcome back to OsteoCast. Whoop, whoop. With your hosts, myself, Colby, and Amanda and Sarah here. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Today, we are going to have a little bit of a chat on uh, the perception of health, what people think being healthy is versus how we as osteopathic practitioners see health and some of the considerations and, and little things to chat about in regards to, you know, daily activities and movement and things like such. So um, to start it off with getting right into it, I'm going to ask Sarah and Amanda, what do you guys have? Like, what's your kind of thoughts on what society sees as healthy in general? And then what are your opinions on what is healthy? And then we'll get into a discussion from there. So in terms of what I think society views um, as healthy is, I think that there's this overwhelming perception that people have to be a certain size or they have to work out so much or, you know, they have to have a flat stomach where their skin doesn't move um, in terms of what people think healthy is. Um, and there's somewhat of a visual perception in what that, that should look like. Um, but when I think about health, it's about how does the body move? Can your, can you move through ranges of motion? Can you get up off the floor without your back hurting or without stabilizing yourself on a chair? Um, can you walk up the stairs without getting winded? Like, how does your body move? That to me is the importance of health. Um, can you move with stability? Are you able to bend forward and pick something up without pinching your back? Like, can you go through your daily life without having small hitches and hiccups of, you know, pain here or there or reoccurring stuff? Because if you're moving well, that stuff shouldn't be happening. Um, and before we hopped on here, we were talking about um, being able to raise your hands over your head. So how many of us working from home right now don't do that in a day? So let thinking about how your joints are supposed to move and then can you actually go through those ranges of motion? So that to me would be a definition of health. In my mind, when I hear you say all those uh, different attributes, Amanda, I think quality of life, like how is your quality of life? Like, can you, you know, chase your kids at the park or like you said, are you winded when you climb the stairs? Like, is your quality of life good? Like, do you have good health? Are you breathing well? Do you have a clear mind? Are you able to think the way you want to think? Like, those are the factors that matter. And that's what creates health, right? That's what makes you feel good. That's what gives you the life you want to live. You know, it's not about a number on a scale. It's not about a shape. Um, and of course, we won't get into that in this topic, but of course, you know, diet um, plays uh, a big factor too in your health. But if you can be a moving functional being, your quality of life will be very good. You will feel good. Um, and then as your osteopathic manual practitioner, that is also what we are looking for, right? It's um, We really pay attention on the table when we raise your arms overhead and they don't really, you know, they only go about to 70 degrees and we're still missing a full 20 degrees or even further to get you down to the table. 
So picking up on little cues like that as to why your body's in this stiffened state or this resisted state and how we can help you get more mobility and whether it's just a lack of movement in general. And, um, you know, if your job is seated all day and you don't have time or haven't taken the time to stretch and move, or maybe the opposite, you have a very active job all day, so you spend the evening sitting. So from our perspective, we just want to see how does your body move and how can we get it moving better so you have functioning, healthy tissues. Colby, do you have anything to add from that? Well, I was just going to like, not to just piggyback onto what you guys are doing, but um, I think the the healthy conversation is similar. I do think in the last little bit, uh, people have started to change their thought process on what they would consider to be healthy opposed to just being purely physical fitness. Um, But I do think that that's something that is still present in in a lot of people's minds is that a healthy person is someone like you guys have said, who's thin and fit and, you know, can go for a run or this and that. But uh, osteopathically, we're looking at things a little bit different. As both of you have mentioned, it's about getting a body to function as well as it can. So I always tell my patients, like, it's about getting your body to be as healthy as it can be. Some people can be, depending on your body, some people can be really, really healthy and some people can only be pretty healthy. But it's all about, it's all relative, right? Like if you've had a double hip replacement and your lungs transplanted, your level of movement and health is going to be different than a 16-year-old person who's had no surgeries or no prior injuries, right? But I think that the important part of the conversation anyways is having the understanding that we're looking for a body to function as well as it can. And Amanda mentioned getting the hands overhead. It's that's one that I always like to talk about because how often does someone take their shoulders and their, their scapula and their ribs through that full range of motion or extension. And unless you are doing something like specifically taking time out of your day to do it, most people don't reach their hands overhead anymore. So going through the assessment process with our patients to understand how they like, first of all, how their body's functioning. That's the first thing. And then understanding what they do on a daily basis and how they go about their lives. Because along with the treatment component, there's things sometimes that need to be advised in terms of movement to help promote those things like, you know, hands over your head or like how often does someone get into a full squat or full bent over and are they capable of doing so without pain? And if not, then there's a period of time where either treatment needs to be applied or some self-care needs to be applied to, to regain those components of health so that the body can function well. And thus far, we've really talked mostly about mechanical or movement, but it also, in my mind, and I'll leave this up to you guys, but we also have to talk about, you know, um, blurry vision or foggy thoughts and foggy mind and digestion and how the body functions. Like all of those things are, are considered part of health that I don't think um, a lot of people talk about. I totally agree with that. And the one thing, or maybe two things I would add to that list is like, what's your emotional response like? So, you know, when, when you hear a piece of information, um, is your instant um, reaction to cry because you can't regulate that emotion? Um, And two um, is your like, um, Oh, how do I want to say this? Like, do you have a short fuse? So is your temper really short? Um, But I think in terms of um, how you react to situations, that would be another, another thing to add to that list. That's important. I agree. I agree completely. Yeah. And Colby, you mentioned the brain fog and digestion. I, I feel like also the quality of your, 
bowel movements is huge and it's not talked about enough. And I know in our clinics, we talk about it and I'm sure all of our clients can tell you that that's often our question. Most visits is how are your bowel movements? Like, you know, how are they moving? Is it too soft? Is it too hard? Does it fly out of you? All of those factors are really key components to how your internal system is working. Um, And I feel like it's not that well known that, you know, you shouldn't have explosive poops every morning. Like that's not the sign (laughs) of a healthy digestive tract. So just not to be too graphic, but, you know, just little cues like that, that I feel like they're like, oh, I, I, you know, I blame it on this I ate last night. Well, you know, my mind is, okay, you need to be a detective and realize, okay, probably that food, one, your body doesn't like it. Like you're not digesting it properly. And if you're having, you know, bowel movements that are less than ideal, you have to think about what nutrition is your body really assimilating and actually keeping. Exactly. And then from our perspective, like how do we assess those things? So as an osteopathic practitioner, we all have our own ways of going about trying to figure out where the problem is coming from, but everything comes down to movement. We're going to do passive and active assessments on patients when they walk in the door, um, to see where those problems might be coming from or where the movement is hitching or, you know, globally one, can you bring your hands over your head? So if you're a practitioner and you're not doing that assessment in your office, pay attention to it because the amount of people that come into my office and I ask them to do that in a, let's just say a seated position or a standing position. And I look at how their movement compensates for the fact that they can't get their hands over their head. It's huge. And some of those people are lifting heavy weights overhead. And so then it becomes like now you're feeding, feeding the problem partially because you can't get there without any weight. So when we talk about moving healthy and keeping healthy movement and the patterns that you need to build to be able to do those things, we shouldn't be fighting through those things to be able to lift heavy or, you know, quote unquote, look better in the gym. The goal is to to move well so that these things all work really well, all the processes that we're talking about. Speaking on like health in general, I know um, a friend and colleague of mine runs uh, like a personal training education platform and stuff out of Australia and they, they really focus on health. They use a lot of metrics, uh, meaning they're looking at blood pressure and blood glucose and stuff like that, but they're looking at health with patients or with clients that they're dealing with. And what I found quite interesting uh, from him anyways, is he mentioned that when it comes to even like personal trainers who for the most part are quite healthy, quite fit, lift weights all the time, they neglect certain parts of health. And a lot of the times their blood pressure is very, very high and their stress levels are high and they don't sleep well. And when it's even blood pressure high, like like you have someone who has abs who's recording like 180 over 140 and it's like their numbers that that are so high and for anyone who doesn't know normal at this point in time should be 110 over 70 120 over 80 depending on on the resources you're reading uh and it's just to show that like the the thought process of what is healthy in terms of being strong and fit and looking good is not always actually healthy for your internal environment because that's a lot of strain and stress on things like your heart And if your heart can't work properly and that's having trouble doing that, of course, then you're going to have other things if it's digestion or if it's thinking or breathing. Because if your blood is pumping, your heart's working too hard to pump blood, then it's going to affect everything else as well because it speeds up the, the blood moving through the entire system. So 
exactly kind of as Amanda had mm -hmm. said, like it's something that needs to be addressed, whether it's a conversation or assessment. Um, I don't think that it's something that like you have to do every single time someone comes in. So if you guys are taking what we're saying as like <laughs> assess these things every single time, you need to have a good understanding of who your patient is and developing the rapport so that they will report uh, if something has changed is very important. Um, but having an understanding of how they move and how they function is going to be crucial, whether they're uh, someone who is perceived as air quotes fit and healthy or if they're someone who's not. But osteopathically, we're looking at the entire system as functioning appropriately and being healthy and ult ultimately looking for longevity. We're not necessarily looking just at how fit or how you look at this point in time, but it's like, hey, well, how are you going to be in 40 years from now? Are you still going to be able to get into a squat? Are you still going to be able to raise your hands overhead? And we want to promote positions and movements and lifestyle that, that helps that long-term. When you talk about longevity, I had read a study and I can't remember the, what it's called at the moment, but one of the, the single most factor that prevents you from being put in a nursing home. So the study was done probably like four or five years ago, um, is single leg strength. So, because when you have a fall or if you trip, what has to happen is that one foot has to come out of in front of you. And then you have to be able to stabilize that to be able to regain your balance and stand up. And so if you don't have that single leg strength, that will either, you know, you might crumble under that pressure or you might end up falling as opposed to being able to stabilize. And when I think about how much um, people train or don't train, like that should be something that we look at often is, you know, can someone balance on one leg? Like if they can't balance on one leg, we need to teach them how to do that. That's an important skill to have. Yes. So when we talk about movement, and how that moves or how we move, it's, it has a real, a real life implication is what I mean. There's a spectrum that needs to take place when you're learning movement is like, you should be able to, for example, balance on one leg and you should be able to walk appropriately. You should be able to do single leg work, whether that's a lunge or a step up before you progress to loading something like a, a back squat or a front squat. So if those yeah. stages are being skipped in that process, then it's no good. Or if as life goes on, you stop doing them because number one, you don't want to anymore, or two, because you're in pain and you can't, then seeing a practitioner or changing your lifestyle so that you can do those things is very important. Just as Amanda said, for long-term health and making sure that you can move into your later years, make sure your bone density is good, make sure your muscular strength is good so that you can support yourself. And if all of those things are doing well, they directly correlate to your mental health as well and, and not deteriorating as quickly uh, as you get into those later years in life. No, I agree, Colby, exactly. Like those, the real life implications and the things are sometimes the things that you, when you bring people's awareness to them, then they understand where you're, where you're coming from and where you're looking at and, and why those things are important. So when we look at movements of a joint or how your hip joint is moving relative to your knee and your ankle, um, we want to make sure that those things are lined up well so that there's good quality of motion, good quantity of motion so that these things can be um, utilized when people are walking up the stairs or they're doing a lunge or they're, they're doing whatever type of exercise is, is helpful for them yeah. or they're finding um, works for them. So it's also that you can move better and we can create better health within the tissues. And I think that's also a very cool thing for a patient to see too, is that 
they can see that if you ask them to do different movements at home or show them what movements might be restricted when you're treating them on the table, and for them to see those results after a few treatments on the table, how they have an increase in range of motion or increase in stability in their body. So I think it's really important to educate your patient. Here's what I'm finding, and this is what we've changed. Now report back what you find in your day-to-day life, because that's also, too, where people are going to get the motivation to continue to find their health and to continue to do the work at home and want to continue their progress, right? It's when there hasn't been really much change that we tend to get defeated and not want to either continue treatment or continue trying at home on our own. So I think it's, you know, patient education and demoing what's being done and how you're doing it and the connections in the body to also bring more body awareness and allow everyone to understand their body a little bit better. So to bring this back around to our our topic of um, like what health is, um, in terms of your experience in the clinic, Can either of you give an example of an individual where, um, where you've utilized what we've talked about either, you know, seeing their, their movement change over time, or maybe taking someone who you thought wasn't going to move well, um, and has moved so much better than, you know, your expectation. I mean, I'd like to say almost every patient that comes in, right. Cause that's, that's the purpose and focus of care. So. I don't have anyone in particular that it's like, hey, let's talk about this exact case. But I think the the purpose of treatment is to see those changes throughout the treatment process, whether that's a bed, no less headaches or better breathing or better pooping or whatever that may be, better movement. It's something that we I strive for with every client or every patient that comes in. I would mention though, Um, with this is that I do find this sometimes in clinic that there are patients who want to feel better, but don't want to go through the process of actually changing their health as a whole. And it's something as a practitioner that you get to decide whether or not you're, you're interested in helping that person at that time, because you'll have people, for example, say they compete in a sport, which is awesome. And people should be competitive and, and have a reason to to exercise and move, but sometimes those people aren't ready to take on a proper osteopathic treatment process at the time. And they're not looking for overall health, but they're looking to be as healthy as they can be as long as they can be competitive in their sport, right? So I think it's important to note that even though we're talking about the health like this, we should be looking to educate our patients to move towards this. But there are going to be people who, because of their circumstances in life, whether they're a professional athlete or they are had a, like I talked about before, had a bunch of surgeries, you're dealing with the patient in front of you and you're trying to give them the best health they can have with the lifestyle that they're dealing with. And it's not always appropriate to try and tell, you know, an NHL player, hey, you know what, you should stop skating because it's destroying your hips. It's like, that's not a conversation that's going to happen, right? So I think it's important as a practitioner, if you guys are listening to this, is to understand that yeah. everybody is different and you have to calibrate based on the person that you're dealing with because it's not going to be always the same, you know, focus on these movements, get this breathing working better, get digestion working better. Obviously we want those improvements, but it's not always going to be the same because there's no cookie cutter around what health is. Health is individual to each person. So important to understand the patient and where they're at. That is a huge part of care. 
And it's going to happen where you get people that come in, you help their acute pain go away, but you know there's more chronic lesioning or that acute pain was caused by a chronic lesion pattern, but they don't come back, right, to get that cleaned up until that acute pattern comes back again. So also kind of, again, patient education, but just knowing that, as Colby just mentioned, some people you know, they're athletic or they really just kind of want that quick fix and they'll come back when they need you until they're ready to commit to long-term change and taking on a longer treatment process to uh, take out the kinks for longer standing patterns. Uh, And to mention a case, Amanda, that you brought up, I do find uh, the most immediate relief um, that's always very cool for me to see on the table is uh, with any kyphotic curves. Uh, especially in the upper back. So we're talking a little bit of a hunchback and just how much treatment allows them to lift their arms overhead and to go through life standing uh, quite a bit straighter and having just a better quality of life and a lot less pain uh, from treatment and just coming for treatment, um, you know, once a month or obviously depending the person, but it's very impactful when you see that you can improve someone's quality of life. And even if that treatment, uh, quote unquote, doesn't fully stick just because of their spinal curvature and their lifestyle habits, but to give them that relief and to allow them to live their life the way they want to. And that quality of life is huge. It really makes what we do so special. Awesome. As a practitioner, I do think that uh, it is, it is really awesome to hear when patients come back um, their results and how they feel. Because sometimes um, as a practitioner, I mean, you're going to work on the things that you deem are, are beneficial for the patient based on your assessment. But then you look at, you know, when they come back and they say, oh, this is so much better or that's so much better. And, and you're not necessarily looking to fix those things for them. You're just trying to make the body move better. And it does always amaze me that when you stick to those principles, how much of a change patients can see in themselves because they're, they're giving their body what, what it needs and your body is, is able to recover those things. And so it's really, it's always very profound how I always find that it's very awesome to see the changes that people can make when given Mm -hmm. the right circumstances. And it's often people don't know what they're missing, if that makes sense. So they don't realize that their range of motion isn't the full capacity that their body can move until you show them that there is more range of motion available or there doesn't have to be that numbness or that kind of chronic pain that they're just so used to living with. Um, So even that realization is always so rewarding to create that change and allow people to realize that they just kind of accepted, you know, lack of mobility in their life until they, they just didn't think it was possible to move better or feel better. Absolutely. It sounds like uh, we're kind of getting to the point where we're repeating the whole idea of like the body needs to be healthy, getting it moving appropriately and getting our physiological functions to work well. So instead of diving into detail and getting into the nitty gritty of things, I think that's probably a good point to leave that for our podcast. What do you guys think for, for today? Do you have much more to add based on that? Sounds like not. So let's do this. I want to kind of extend this to you guys as listeners is if you're dealing with patients 
make sure that you go through those questions when they come in. Make sure you're asking about how their functions are, just basic. You know, how's their thought process? How's their headaches? Are they breathing well? Are they digesting well? Are they urinating well? And then going through your, your movement patterns to make sure that your patients are, are healthy. And then just kind of question your own thought process on what you see as health in relation to osteopathy and how the body functions versus uh, like societal norms. So just kind of reflect on that a little bit and see what you think and see what works best for you and how if that changes your opinion on treatment or uh, lifestyle at all. Okay. Otherwise, thank you guys for listening today. We appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, listen to us jabber and, and chat about what we chat about. And if you'd like to find us on socials, we're uh, at osteocast underscore on Instagram or osteocast on Facebook. But otherwise, we will talk to you guys next time. Sounds great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye, team.